Oh, good morning. Welcome to driving theology. Uh, my name is Mike, and you're going to join me on my way to work today. Well, the world has uh, had a paradigm shift. I guess to say the world has had a paradigm shift is a bit of a power trip. Uh, let's say America has had a paradigm shift. And for a lot of people, uh, darkness has been lifted. But for a lot of people, it's the opposite experience, right? Um, of course, I'm speaking about uh, the 2020 U.S. presidential election, uh, where Joe Biden seems to be the winner. He is right now considered the president-elect, at least by all of the major media outlets. There are apparently lawsuits pending uh, that are trying to discover voter fraud. Uh, of course, these are being done mostly by uh, the Republican Party. Um, but uh, unless they turn up enough evidence, or actually I should say proof, uh, for enough voter fraud to have affected the election, then uh, I think Joe Biden is the new president of the United States. And that's a big deal um, for a lot of people because of the nature of the Trump presidency. The, the uh, perhaps somewhat perceived nature. Um, but I think there, there is definitely always a personality uh, to a, what's the word we say? Um, regime is not the right word to use. We usually don't use that for America because somehow we feel like we're above regimes. But administration, I guess. Each, each different uh, president runs his administration a certain way. It has a certain character, a certain flair, uh, a certain uh, personality. Presumably, um, colored by the personality of the president himself. Uh, and I, I, I think, I don't think anybody on either side of the aisle would deny that President Trump put his stamp on the office of the president. It was a, an interesting four years. Um, and it felt chaotic for a lot of people, myself included, Especially after eight years of, of, uh, I guess, eight gentle years of Obama. I don't know what else to call it. Um, but even, that's my perception of it, right? There are other people who uh, felt that Obama was a horrible president and that he was uh, even anti-Christian and, you know, thought, called him the Antichrist and all kinds of things. Whereas a lot of the, those people <clears throat> called Trump, <clears throat> uh, 
excuse me, called Trump, you know, anointed or chosen by God for such a time as this. Although, you know, they didn't think that was uh, true for Obama. So, anyway, uh, I don't think America has ever been as divided over someone uh, as they have been with Trump. I really can't think, not, not in my lifetime. Carter may have come kind of close because Carter was kind of the, he kind of represented the beginning uh, of the, uh, what do you call it? The, the uh, moral majority, right? Family values. Uh, that all kind of had has its roots in the 70s uh, when Roe versus Wade came about, when uh, ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment, um, was around, right? And so the reaction to that was to, uh, for a lot of uh, a lot of people who were staunch Democrats, to jump ship and to join the Republican Party. And in the Republican Party from that time until 2016, uh, that political force known as the uh, religious right, moral majority, family values party, uh, has been uh, gaining power until the point where they were able to put their stamp uh, on the presidency in 2016. And by and large, those people, some 80%, uh, voted for Trump. And so Carter was kind of when all of this was going on, of course, he was a Democratic president, but he was also known as a man of faith, very strong man of faith. Uh, his sister was even a uh, pastor, I believe. And, uh, and so I think people were really divided with Carter, and he did not win re-election. <laughs> Tell you the truth, I can't remember if he actually ran for re-election, um, but I think he did. Um, Reagan won, right? And so when Reagan came in, uh, he, he suddenly was more the face of conservative American values, whatever that meant. Uh, and I think a lot of people uh, in the 2016, 15, 16 presidential um, uh, campaigns and election, you know, their slogan was Make America Great Again. And I think they were thinking of the Reagan years. I, I think most of the people wanted to return to something like the Reagan years. A strong American economy, a strong, uh, charismatic people person president uh, I don't know why they thought they'd get that out of Trump but um, they were looking for something in their past uh, they were looking to to me they were looking to perceive America today how they perceived it in the past uh, which again was only perception right different people have always perceived um, different administrations differently um, at least that's my perception. <laughs> See what I did there. Uh, 
Anyway, it looks like Joe Biden is going to, to be the new president, and a lot of people are really happy about this. The problem is the presidency has changed, but uh, the, the people are still pretty much as divided as ever. There are going to be a lot of people, a lot of very noisy, um, politically motivated people who are going to um, reject uh, everything Joe Biden tries to do. And I'm not sure how the, the Senate and the House are going to turn out yet. It, it looks like it's, it's all pretty close. I think the House is probably going to be Democrat-controlled. Uh, the Senate, I think, is still, still up in arms. We'll see. We'll see how that works out. But it looks like it may be Republican. That's the prediction. Um, but at any rate, what we're seeing now, uh, and we see it quickly now on social media, is we're seeing a, a new leader, a new ruler come into power who has made lots of promises and in whom a lot of people have put their hope. Uh, and what I think a lot of Christians don't realize is that this is the situation where we get the word gospel. Right? Good news. Joe Biden has been elected. He's going to bring in a new reign of peace and prosperity for all. He's going to right all the wrongs done by the previous uh, president, right? And this is what the Caesars would do uh, when they came into power. They would they would uh, send out their gospel message, um, and there would be celebrating by the people who were on the side of that Caesar. But there were always people uh, who would be marginalized by that Caesar, and they knew it probably from the beginning. People who did not support him. Um, or people who were his, uh, you know, arch, arch rivals from, from way back when, you know, people with whom he had a history. Um, so, anyway, um, and I've said this before, I, really, my problem with Trump was not, uh, not that he was Republican or Democrat, uh, it wasn't necessarily his policies, right? Uh, I didn't until recently like Biden any more than I did him. Well, that's probably not true. I think I think I'd probably almost like you know anybody more than Trump. I'm not a never been a fan. But my agenda for being critical of Trump was to shake free some of the people that have attached to him. Uh, and put a lot of their, their hopes in him, hopes that really uh, should be uh, given to Jesus himself, that, you know, hopes that we should have in Christ, uh, not in any man. And I think, I think his was a false gospel. That having been being said, uh, I think um, that if you're putting all your hope in Joe Biden as well, um, that's also a false gospel, right? That's also um, 
not a healthy place uh, to put your hope in. No politician can really deliver uh, what Jesus is only meant to deliver. None of them. No man, period. Um, uh, we, we are really given to hero worship, and I, I think we've known this forever. Uh, the Bible has a lot of instances of, of hero worship where David was worshipped by the people for being such a, a great warrior, um, where the people clamored for a king, right? They didn't want... Uh, God to be their king. They wanted a human king like everybody else around them had. They wanted to be like everybody else. A king that would protect them in battle, right? Protect them from other uh, warring tribes and whatnot. And we, we humans have a uh, proclivity for heroes, right? We all want heroes. <clears throat> And I think it's natural, and I think a lot of people's heroes in the beginning are their parents or teachers or, uh, you know, something like that, even even older brothers and sisters. And then as time goes on, we, you know, heroes fall and we pick other heroes. And I think my heroes were probably my parents uh, up until the time that I realized they were pretty much human and didn't necessarily... Uh, know how to live their life any better than I did. And that's not anything against my parents. Uh, I think it's just a, a, a normal uh, awakening that that people have, right? I think we're meant to uh, lose trust in people so that we can grasp hold and put our trust uh, solely on Christ. Um we all disappoint, right? We all disappoint at some point. Um, none of us are are worthy of any kind of hero worship. Um, so, Biden is going to be president unless uh, something huge is uncovered, and, and we'll see what happens. Uh... That's big news this week. Um, the other news is that my friend uh, Pat uh, came back from his... Uh, well, I guess I probably already said this last week, didn't I? Came back from, from his vision quest, and hopefully we'll be able to catch up with him quick and uh, debrief a little bit, um, find out how his experience went. Um, and uh, one thing that that may lead to, I'm hoping to do a live streamed um, podcast at some point uh, possibly with video I don't know how it's going to happen or when or if uh, but if I can I would like to do it first with Patrick um, he was kind of shy of the idea so we'll see how it works out but uh, anyway um, that's something that may be coming up uh, we'll both live stream it and then also record it for um, to put here on SoundCloud and iTunes uh, yeah so crazy stuff's been happening 
Um, but I think I think it's a real need in the world for us to have a hero that we can put all of our trust into. And God, in his, his infinite wisdom, knew that if, if he asked us to make him his hero, somebody who we could not see um, or touch directly, uh, that that would never quite be enough for us, right? Uh, they, the people were, were asking for a human leader. They're really asking for a human God. And so that's what Jesus was, right? Jesus came, God in a man's body. And I think in a man's mind too, in a man's heart in a lot of ways. <laughs> but he came and gave us a hero, a human hero, one in whom we could uh, worship and trust. One who would never let us down. <laughs> one who could truly wrong all the rights of the pre previous world leaders. Uh, and that's, that's Jesus, right? Um, and so this, you know, this uh, need that we have for a hero, uh, if, I think, I think maybe one of the reasons that Jesus isn't always enough of a hero for people is because of poor theology that they've been taught. <laughs> right? Uh, and a lot of this theology has to do with um, exactly what form and shape did God take in the person of Jesus while he walked the earth, right? While he was in his human body. And a lot of people want to say that he was he had all the omnip omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence in the person of Jesus that, that somehow Jesus was uh, completely God without any limitations. At the same time, he was a man in a body, right? And, and so if... You know, if Jesus could live a life without sin, well, that's to be expected, right? Of course, he could do it. He was God, right? He had all the power of God at his disposal. Whereas, you know, we uh, are are just, you know, just human. He was God in human flesh, and therefore he had an unfair advantage. And so to look up to Jesus... Uh, some people's view of Jesus is really no different from the almighty, all-powerful God. Now, this might be because we have a weird idea of who God is. God the Father. Yahweh God. Perhaps we, we have ideas about Him that, that are not quite true. Um... One of the things we always seem to get wrong about God is this idea of holiness and just what that means for us. Uh, sorry, I'm having a little bit of allergies this morning. But I seem to have finally gotten over my 
little bronchitis that I've been working on. At least I hope I have. Um, there's this idea of, de I guess, determinism. I'm not sure if that's the right word. I think it's the right word in a theological sense, determinism, and that because God knows everything and is all-powerful uh, and is omnipresent, then everything in the future is already determined. It's all worked out. God knows exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and how it's going to happen, and to whom it's going to happen to. To whom it's going to happen. I guess I don't need another two there. Um, in this theological model, uh, we don't have any of the answers, but God has all the answers. And everything is already determined, right? Uh, those who are going to be saved are going to be saved, and those who are, who are going to be condemned are going to be condemned, and nothing we can do is going to change anything. God controls everything. God, God is pulling the strings, uh, and uh, you know we're sort of on an electric train, and, and it's going where God is determined, and and. Uh, we have nothing to do with it. Now, the fact that we don't know that we have nothing to do with it means that, you know, there's no reason not to have effort and to try things and to, to try to do good and to, to try to be saved. But at the end of the day, everything's been decided, right? At the end of the day, everything's been decided. And this is... Uh, deterministic theology well the theology that I more ascribe to now is open theology where God is wise he's wiser than anyone else he has more knowledge than anyone else because he has lived longer than anyone else right uh, he does have immense power and strength uh, and and he is, by far, uh, in a sense, the most capable being in existence and who has ever existed as far as we know. And his, his knowledge of the future is more out of experience and wisdom and understanding that he knows people so well that he he can know to a high degree what's going to happen in any given circumstance. He has been intimately involved with mankind from our beginning. And we are made in his image, whatever that means. Uh, and and he uses his superior knowledge and wisdom um, to try to foresee the future. But then he doesn't, or he, he doesn't uh, unilaterally act in creation, but instead chooses to partner with creation in bringing about the best outcome for the most people. <laughs> Um, 
And I say the most people, I actually believe all people. Uh, and I think eventually, uh, my hope is that that will happen. I'm gonna have to sne <coughs> sneeze, sorry. Oh. Oh. Get that out of my system. And so God is infinitely wise and knowledgeable. Um, but the way that he understands the future is less about him, the future being determined, and more about him foreseeing the future and then influencing creation to bring about the best possible outcome <laughs> for all involved, for the earth, uh, for the living animals and plants and especially for mankind but also for spiritual beings uh, spiritual beings that, that we can't see all right known as the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms and this is open theology that God is is working tirelessly to bring about the best outcome for us and so his knowledge of the future is not because the future is determined or because he can somehow uh, see it um, happen exactly as it's going to happen, but he can predict with a high rate of success how things are going to work out. And therefore he warns us, he gives us warnings, he, he, he guides us, he, he uh, tries to convince us and... Uh, woo us to the way of love so that the outcome uh, can be good for everyone. And so this is the this is the laboring God. This is the the God who who is working constantly in his creation, almost like a gardener does in a garden. To hold back chaos. Right? To hold back chaos. Uh, and to sorry, just passed by police stopping people for something. Uh, to hold back chaos and to bring order to the world. Um, there was a time when I hated the verse that God is a God of order because. It was always used as a verse to say that God was into hierarchical human structures in the church. That's how it was always wielded. But now I realize that this, this uh, cosmic battle between order and chaos has been going on. And there are good things that can come out of chaos. But beautiful things are when chaos is brought to order. That's what art is, right? Art is taking chaos, going into the chaotic realm, and making something beautiful of it. And beauty is order, right? We know that beauty is symmetry, right? Beauty is color, right? The way that colors interact with each other. Uh, and, and what happens, chaos, chaos is, can be a resource and people who are I've learned this recently from uh, some uh, Jordan Peterson podcasts 
is that people who are right-brained like me, who are a little bit more on the uh, artistic spectrum, also have a, a little live a little bit more with a, a foot or two in chaos. All right, that that's where creation happens. Right, creativity does not happen in what's already been ordered. True creativity is taking chaos and making order from it. That's what creativity is. Making order from chaos. That's art. And I, I don't think I've ever quite known a better uh, known of a better explanation than that uh, for this phenomenon we, we, we know of, of art. Um, you know, you, you take a bunch of random colors and you put, the, put them together in such a way that when you look upon it, it helps you feel a certain way, right? We all know what chaos looks like, right? Chaos is what happens in the world where you feel completely out of control. <laughs> Right, you feel um, overwhelmed. That's chaos. Uh, if you're a neat freak, uh, you despise chaos, right? You cannot survive in it at all. If you're like me, uh, a little chaos has never really bothered you too much. And that's not, that's not a brag. That's not necessarily a good thing. Uh, because artistic people, people who are, who are, you know, bent towards the arts, uh, their relationships can suffer uh, when, when they are unable to um, not let their chaotic um, forays uh, damage their relationships with the, those they love. <laughs> And chaos is also associated with crime and violence. Um, so, yeah, this this uh, cosmic dance that's been going back and forth between uh, chaos and order. Uh, really helped me lay out some thoughts, right? To, to think in a different way, to try to understand myself a little better. Um, and just the world, right? I mean, you see it everywhere. Chaos and order uh, is, you know, the difference between cities and the country, for example. And really, cities and wilderness, I guess I should say. Uh, gardens and jungles, right? Uh, jungles are chaotic. Gardens are where you take a jungle and you you bring order to it, right? You put these plants over there, and you put these plants over here, and this rock over here, and and you arrange it in such a way uh, that is orderly. Um, and that that really, you know, just hearing it said that way really made a lot of sense to me. Uh, Jordan Peterson has a way. Of, of bringing understanding to difficult concepts. Uh, 
he's thought a lot about this stuff. He's a he's a very deep thinker. Um, not saying he's right right about everything, and I don't think he would even say he's right about everything. It's one of the things I admire about him is he, even though he says, uh, he does say some things quite strongly, he often says, that's just what I think about it right now. That's, that's the best that I can do for now, you know, uh, um, and, and I respect that, that that's, I wish more people would speak in those terms, less, less certain, less certainty and more room for human error. Uh, yeah, so, man, how did I get to this place? I talked about the election. Well, yeah, to, to a lot of people, the, the Trump side of things, uh, it was a very chaotic, um, a very chaotic presidency because it was so different from those that came before it. Uh, and sometimes chaos is, is preferable to order if that order is being used to bring chaos to people's lives. Uh, and if you know what I mean. Um, and really, all, almost all suffering seems to be anchored in chaos manifesting in one form or another in their lives, right? Um, I have things in my life right now that cause me stress uh, that are because the the chaotic nature of it. Um, but chaos isn't necessarily bad, right? When it's seen as um, a resource for beauty, and maybe this is maybe this is the foundation of the thought that that beauty comes out of pain and struggle. Right, that that beauty always emerges from from pain and struggle. I suppose we could see that in in the birth of a child. Um, pain and struggle brings forth a beautiful baby, right? A new life, uh, innocent and pure, um, and it has its own kind of beauty, right? But it it came forth through immense pain and struggle by the mother. Um, Beethoven was a person who who struggled and labored hard for his compositions writing and rewriting and revising and changing and, and uh, canceling out and, um, but we know his music today and continue to listen to his music more than 200 years later uh, because through his labor he brought forth order and beauty from chaos. Um, and his life was chaotic. Uh, I think uh, you could say that that his life suffered and his, his relationships. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry to sneeze on this recording. But you could say his life and his relationship suffered because of his proximity to chaos. 
and yet he was able to bring out musical beauty even though he wasn't maybe able to bring out relational beauty and we revere and remember him because of that he wasn't a perfect being but he was somebody who was willing to dive into chaos uh, to bring forth beauty for the rest of us he saw the potential in chaos for beauty a lot of people live their lives running from chaos and 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 uh, afraid of it right they, they live their lives in, in fear of the unknown which is understandable there's a lot to fear in chaos but our God is someone who came uh, and saw chaos and saw the potential for beauty in chaos and brought forth the world from chaos right it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was out form and void it was without form it was without order it was chaos and he came into the chaos and began to order it right he put the lights in the sky separated the land from the water in the sky and in the end he planted a garden right he God is a gardener and a gardener is somebody who brings order from chaos and so many of the ancient uh, mythologies have to do with order from chaos the gods being involved in that process um, <clears throat> yeah so uh, yeah, this podcast has been a bit about <laughs> a bit of trying to bring some order from chaos the chaos being my thoughts and not having a specific thread but but trying to struggle to find something and, uh, I hope it's not as painful to listen to as it is to make sometimes uh, sometimes I have a very specific thread uh, that kind of just happens uh, but days like this you know things have to be a little bit more manufactured uh, but I am glad I remembered this uh, um, lecture that I heard of Jordan Peterson and his, and his reference to ordering chaos being about uh, uh, artistry right um, right brain left brain type people <laughs> you know some of the the uh, prophecies about the coming of Jesus were all about order from chaos, right? Make straight in the desert a highway, right? To build a highway through the desert is to bring order to chaos, right? Uh, level, level the high places, right? Raise the low places, make a level place, a flat place, bring order to chaos. That Jesus has come to bring order to chaos and he he has done that cosmically uh, 
and he can do that for us as well right he can participate in in our process our our cosmic struggle our personal cosmic struggle if that makes any sense at all uh, that we have endured since being born and trying to bring order to our chaotic world and chaos sometimes is of our own making and our really our own uh, lack of making uh, and oh okay well I'm gonna have to stop right here um, maybe I'll continue this another time uh, order from chaos is a great cosmic theme I think we uh, can all benefit from all right thank you guys for listening as always have a great day bye